Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis, Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper. Cody Ellis, bang. Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoops 7's Basketball Hustle. We're three weeks in to the NBL season and there's plenty going on. This will be a jam-packed episode. We'll, we'll have all of our awards like normal. We'll hear from Damien Martin with his Best Defensive Player Award. Scott Ninnis will pick the Galen winner. Matty Knight will drop by with his Player of the Year awards. But we've got a suspension to talk about, Cody. We've got some team spending numbers to, to look through. We've got a couple of surprise teams firing, New Zealand Breakers and Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Things not quite as good for the Brisbane Bullets and the Illawarra Hawks right now. Interesting times for Melbourne United. That sounds like it's going to be an easy way to fill up an hour, Cody. So I'm Chris Pike, but the man that you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks, the Sydney Kings, Ford, the Warwick Senators, NBA one captain, Cody Ellis. Another big week. Massive week. Um, yeah, look, like you mentioned, there's some teams that kind of Rose to the top and a couple of teams that have, have fallen by the wayside a bit that are uh, a, l- a little bit surprising. But uh, look, yeah, massive, massive week. And, you know, that's just not, not just on court, you know, there's lots going on <laughs> off it. So, no, look, plenty to talk about uh, this week, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, plenty going on. We've got a, a new import signing we, we'll talk about as well. And who knows if that's the only move we'll make. So we're here thanks to Hoop7. Check them out at hoop7.com.au for all of your basketball needs. Or if you happen to be in Perth, check them out on Murray Street in the Perth city. Um, before we get to our talking points, Cody, I'm going to put you on the spot to start the show this week. <laughs> yep. Who's in the biggest trouble to not still have a job in the NBL this time next week? W- would it be James Duncan? Jordan Caroline, or whoever heads up the NBL's match review panel. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. There's a bit of a flip of the coin between all three. <laughs> um, no, look, I think right now, I think it'd, it'd have to be James Duncan. I think mm. he's got to be under enormous pressure. Mm. You know, they trusted him with the reins again. With uh, And they've got such a stacked squad that they're just not performing to where they should be. Mm. Um, you know, like we said at the start, they're going to be a team that needs a bit of grace period just to get used to each other and um, he just hasn't clicked it all for him. So I think he would probably be under the most pressure right now. And it's tough to say, we don't want anyone to see anyone lose their job. And Not at all. He seemed like a, a smart coach, he seemed like a good coach, the players seemed to like him, but yeah. um, let's get straight to our talking points. And that started the bullets, given you, you raised them, Cody. The reason I thought they were going to go so well this season, or a big part of it, was because of the chemistry that I thought that they looked like they had during the Blitz. Yeah. They looked like they were really clicking as a team. They've shown none of that mm-hmm. in their first four games now. They're, they're the only winless team in the competition, and they look like they're a long way off winning right. a game. And 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm interested to get your opinion. But to my mind, a big part of it is it looks like they're playing like a team of individuals. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Baines looks like he's out there still trying to find his groove and yep. he hasn't played for a long time. Nathan Sobey's the same, where he's still trying to get his own feet under him, trying mm-hmm. to find his own his own game again, not necessarily helping yep. you know those around him get better. Um, you've got Tyler Johnson, who's still trying to work out what works. In the NBL, you've got you know Harry Froling, who's trying to... To prove that he still belongs, mm. belongs in the league. I mean, you've got every. I mean, in any team, you've got guys that are out there with their own motivations. Yep. But to me, it looks like this team has a few too many guys that maybe aren't doing what's best to help their team win games right now. Right, and this is part of the reason why I don't like the blitz in yeah. terms of yes. figuring out if teams are going to be good sure. or not. Right, yeah. because you know, like you said, they looked really good in the blitz. Mm. And then once the season hits, it's a different story. Mm. Right. Yeah, look, there's, there's lots going on there. There is lots going on. There's guys that have not played for so long, Baines yep. um, and Sobes. <laughs> it almost looks like they're trying too hard to, to get that, their momentum, their uh, touch, their game back, which, I mean, it, it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating. And as, as someone who both those players were at an elite level yeah. and then for a it's year been, or two... Yeah, I mean, and, they're bronze medalists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's got to be frustrating for them. And, from their point of view, they'd, they'd want to get back to that level as soon as possible. And it just, it just takes time. It, so, look, the, the best thing they can do is just work within the system to do that, I think. Um, it, it's, it's kind of been proven in this league that it, you can't just do it individually. You know, it's, it's too good of a league and there's too many good players around. And, yeah, look, there, there is. There's lots going on. I think um, for mine, Jason Kiddie has been really good for them. Yep. Um, he's been the one that's kind of showed that resolve and showed that leadership to try get everyone on board and yeah. play as a team yep. but it's just not clicking for them yeah. it's just not clicking so and you know at the end of the day you have to look at the head coach for that unfortunately he's got to be the one to to reel that in and, and make sure that they're clicking on all cylinders and it's just not happening for him right now it feels like there's a lot of restrictions that have been, have been placed on him whether it's from I don't know, deals that the agents mm-hmm. have signed for his players or whether, it's, whether it comes from the strength and conditioning staff where I don't know if he's necessarily been given the total free reigns to actually play everyone as much as he wants or in the mm-hmm. roles that he wants. And we've seen Adam Ford be very frustrated by that at the Taipans yeah. last season. And, and he's, he's, he's gone to his staff this year and said, look, I'm not going to be dictated to by my staff about mm-hmm. who plays what. I want my guys to play, and yeah. if you tell me that they're healthy, then they're available, they're, they're available. To, to do whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, it feels like this Brisbane team has got a lot of restrictions placed on it. How frustrating would that be if you're the coach? Oh, hugely, hugely, because you don't really have a control over it then. You know, it's like, oh, this guy can play for a certain amount of minutes. You've got enough on your plate without worrying about how many minutes has this player played, you know. Has this guy been on for too long of a stretch? Do we need to get him out? It's, it's, it's tough enough trying to figure out um, who's blowing, who needs a rest that way. Mm. It shouldn't be on the coach to, to have to do that sort of stuff. I think, like you said, and like Fordy said in the past, if they're free to play or if they're available to play, mm. then they play. Yeah. Look, I, I do understand minute restrictions and I do understand that side of things, um, but it, it, it has got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating. And, and I wonder how much all those guys are allowed to train as well because mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. a big part of it. You know, throughout the week, it's it's a fairly grueling schedule throughout the week. You know, you're training every day, you're lifting two, three times in the week. Mm-hmm. So 
there's a lot of stress on your body throughout the week um, just to get ready for these games. With some of those guys being a little bit older and with the uh, injury history that they have, then question how much they're actually allowed to train, yep. you know, and, yep. and I think that is, is showing a bit too. And that's where you want to be getting your touch back. Yeah, not, You don't want to be trying to do it during a game. No. I think you're right. I think especially Baines and Sobey, I, I can't imagine they've spent a whole heap mm. of time on the practice court. Yeah, and especially two guys that are absolute workhorses, yeah. you know, they'd want to be out there as much as possible. Oh, that's so, yeah, I mean, let's be clear, it's not because they don't want no, to. No, not at all, <laughs> exactly. So, look, it's, it's got to be frustrating for them. And, yeah, like I said, Two absolutely elite players in basketball in general, not just in this country. Yeah. The, the frustrations are going to be boiling over. Now, the other big talking point of this week, before we get to some more positive things that we saw on the court, mm-hmm. um, I haven't got your opinion on this, Cody, until I'm asking you right now. What was your reaction when you heard that Jesse Wagstaff was suspended for that screen on Lockie Barker? I almost threw my phone across the room. <laughs> it was ridiculous, mate. Oh, I just, yeah. like, I... I think it sends the wrong message to the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden conversations about completely eradicating the screens in the backcourt have come into play. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely ridiculous, I think. Mm. Um, well, it's ridiculous because we've seen... I mean, if you go back to last year, there was times where teams won games because of the backcourt pressure, the full-court pressure yeah. they put on opposition teams, and we saw some horrible turnovers. Yeah. One, I mean, there was a couple, Mikhail McIntosh yeah. springs to mind, where he was trying to bring the ball up, there was a screen in the backcourt, he couldn't get the ball away. And yeah. So these are, I mean, to take that out of the game, you're taking away a real weapon for, for teams. Well, and the issue with that is, like, then all of a sudden you've got to change the eight seconds in the backcourt rule, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I think it becomes you either just take that out or mm-hmm. it goes back to the 10 seconds yep. or something like that. And then all of a sudden you've got to change little bits and pieces of the whole game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that should happen at all. I mean, if we get to talk to uh, Alex Loughton anytime <laughs> soon, I'll yes. be interested to hear yeah. his thoughts on it because yeah. he made a living out of those screens yeah. in the backcourt. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think I'll ask Matty Knight about it later too. Absolutely. He's, a, he's, oh, a, he's yeah, another perfect no, one he, to get, uh, get the thoughts of. Well, that's it. And, you know, you just have to go back even... 10 or so years that some of those guys... Mm-hmm. We can make a Bacona. Oh, absolutely. Some of the <laughs> yeah. best screeners in, yeah. in the league. And then you go back even further to guys like Andrew Vlahoff yeah. who absolute monstered people. Well, and your dad probably never gets the ball up the floor without, well, without Vlahoff. Well, that's it, you know? And I, I think it's such a useful tool. Mm. And I'm sure you, you do it a lot too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's just part of basketball. and it's, it's you helping your point guard get on the floor, yep. you know, especially, especially now. And we're seeing teams pressure up the floor a lot more this season. Yep. I, I don't see a way to take it out of the game. And well, I, did Jesse do anything wrong in your eyes? Look, he lent into it a little bit. You can see he lent into it a little bit. But look, it's part of setting that as well is, is bracing yourself. Yep. You know, it, it's extremely hard to just stand there and have someone running full tilt into mm-hmm. you. Without you falling back yeah. or anything like that, yeah. and the point of it is to stop the defender and have your point guard get past and and just to create some space. Well, that's them. yeah, that's it. And it's look, yeah, on the slow mo, he leant forward a little bit. In live, you probably wouldn't have been able to see that too easily. The crazy thing is that nothing was called in the game, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's a two-game suspension. Yes, there was multiple screens around the round that yeah, was. would 
just even, as if not worse. Even in the same game, Isaac Humphreys on, on Norto, and then Norto as well. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on Norto, crumpled Trent. Norto. Yeah, yeah. and then um, Jordan Hunter on Jonah Antonio. Yeah. He left him rocking yeah. the team. Absolutely, and and look, it, it's extremely unfortunate that Lockie smacked his head and was was knocked out, yeah. and he was down for a oh, good good yeah. chunk of time. It's, it's, it's horrible, but but that is part of the game yeah. as well. Like, yeah, but it's it's also on the big guarding. Hmm. The person setting the screen. Yeah. You have to be further up the floor. If if someone's up the court, if your man is up the court setting that screen, you need to be screaming it to your guard. Yeah. Or if they can't hear because you're too far back, again, being in Perth, mm. it's a very loud place. You've got to be up closer to it. Very close to their bench. Even their bench could have yelled out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's gotta be communication. So mm. if if I'm lucky in that instance, then I'm mad at whoever was guarding Jesse because mm. I didn't hear it. I'm Again, I'm mad at the bench for not talking yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's just... I think it's absolutely crazy, the two-game suspension for that. And it's, it's, it's all because of Lockie getting knocked out and yeah. being in concussion protocols yeah. now. That is, if, if he had got up and kept playing, it wouldn't have even been talked about. Yeah. The screen wouldn't have been talked about at all. Yeah. And I understand trying to trying to keep guys healthy and, and preventing all this, yeah, especially with, with the head trauma stuff that's going yeah. on around the world with all different sports. Yeah. I understand that, but I, I just, I'm still flabbergasted, I guess, is the word about yeah. the, uh, the suspension. I think it just comes down to the fact that it's a basketball play that, yeah. that Jesse did. He didn't, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. And at worst, I wouldn't have been against it being called an offensive foul mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. But I think that's the absolute most. Um, and then the two-game suspension, he can get it down to one game if he accepts the early plea. Early plea. Yep. I assume that's why they probably won't challenge because they don't want to risk him missing two games. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the right decision? Yeah, I think so. Are you, look, you don't want to risk him with the two games for sure, but, I mean, it's just um, damn if you do, damn if you don't type situation. I think, you know, if they do challenge it, then there is that chance that he could get the two games. But then and, it, and it hurts them. If they're does. missing Tayshaun Thomas already, well, that's really it really hurts if well, they're missing it. So, and if he was in the lineup, then maybe it might be a little bit different, yep. just that extra body in there. But, yeah, it's just, it's wild. It's wild. How many screens like that in a game would you set yourself? Oh, yeah, a fair few. fair yeah. few throughout just the one game, let alone throughout the season. Because, yep. um, yeah, look, and, and like I said, like teams are starting to pick up the floor a lot more. Especially teams like Tasmania, mm. who are all about that defense yep. and the hustle. Yep. You need to help your point guard out. Mm. You know they're left on an island. There's some pretty good defenders around this league that know how to use their body and and get into you and make it hard for you to get around them. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of that screen. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get to some stuff that we saw on the court, Cody. New Zealand Breakers. Mm. Um, they're playing some great basketball right now in team basketball. Yeah. Almost the total opposite of what we talked about with the Brisbane Bullets. They're doing everything as a team. They're, they're still missing key players. They didn't have Barry Brown at all this weekend. Still no Tom Abercrombie. Um, Cam Glidden was really sick this week and only played in the second game. It still comes out and knocks down yep. four three-pointers on Monday night. Mm. Will McDowell-White almost didn't play in both games. He was that sick. Yeah. But um, as we'll see later from Matty Knight, he was the he was the player of the week. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he was that good. Um, they've got three imports or two imports for this weekend, but over the first three weeks, they've got their three imports that are happy to play play a role, mm-hmm. not looking to, to be dominant. You've still got... You, then you've got Medell White and Liafa in the backcourt doing a really good job. I mean, 
everything they're doing, they're doing as a team. They've, they've bought in defensively. They're, mm-hmm. they're crashing the boards really well, and, and they're pretty efficient offensively. Um, they're actually a lot of fun to watch right now. They're awesome to watch. Yeah, it's great. Um, and, again, doing all this on the road right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, look, Will McDowell-White is been unreal for them. Mm-hmm. Even Crook this weekend, yeah. he still, uh, still had a heck of a round. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing everything for them, mm-hmm. um, being that leader. Obviously, he was given the, the keys to the car at the uh, start yeah. of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he's, he's driving that team very nicely right now. Um, you're right, the import's just taking what they're given rather than trying to force anything. And um, look, my guy Rob Lowe, mm. looking yeah. in fantastic shape yeah. and his confidence looks sky high, which yeah. is unreal to see. Yeah. He's been massive for him, mm. you know, just, just being that big body and being able to stretch the floor and yeah. shooting the ball really well, which is awesome to see after what he went through last year. Yeah. And again, an- another person that I'm very happy to see starting to succeed a bit is, is Cam Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Um, so him coming out and hitting four triples, do the world good for him. And you and can see confidence. how much his new team loves him already yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's he's one of the, the best guys going around, you know, as a teammate. And I think, yeah, I think he can be a massive, he can play a massive role for that team. Yep. Um, just be that spark. And, I mean, if he gets back to the Cam Glidden of the end of his Cairns career, then um, it's going to be a, a nightmare for teams. Yeah. I, I love Mo- Moni Mayor's comments after the win on Monday night. He just said, if we're in a tough spot and I need someone to hit a shot or if I need to make a play, all I need is Cam Glidden. Exactly. Just give me Cam Glidden. Yep, exactly. It's fantastic to see. Um, and, I mean, after everything the whole club and organisation has been through for two years, they, they deserve a bit of success. So mm-hmm. I think everyone's pretty happy for them, probably except for the team playing them on yeah. that, on that yes. given night. Because <laughs> yep, yep. defensively, they, they really have bought in and they, they're probably the best defensive team in the league just mm-hmm. about right now. Um, Second best is probably the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Yeah. We were concerned about them a little bit early on because they didn't seem to have the same defensive bite and then offensively they seemed to be lacking a little bit. But um, all of a sudden they've got back to that, that defence that was their trademark last year. They're rebounding really well. They're defending strongly. Mm-hmm. And we saw Josh Majette shoot himself out of his, his slump. And incredibly, I mean, he went, he was plus 32 in that game where they, they beat the Adelaide 36ers last week. Just unbelievable. I mean, he's all-around stat, stat line, 23 points. So he, he caught five, but he did he did a bit of everything. Seven assists, four rebounds, four steals. It was just an incredible game. And yeah. then they had different guys. I mean, both their other imports, Milton Doyle and Rashad Kelly, are both stepping up and mm-hmm. everyone's playing a role. Fab Krislovic is, is doing great. Jack McVeigh playing well. Matt Kenyon's that solid guy. Jared Weeks is shooting the yeah. absolute lights yes, he is. out right now. I mean... They're on, a, they're on a pretty impressive run all of a sudden when yeah. two weeks ago we were concerned about them. Oh, yeah, they've just turned the corner as they did last year. Yep. Um, you know, I think just took them a few few games to get going and, yeah, well, I mean, they're certainly doing that now. Look, like we said, Josh Majet, plus 32 in a game is just unbelievable. Yeah. That's a, a heck of a, <laughs> a stat. And, look, there are factors that go into that, like, yeah. you know, but to have your own plus minus is a plus 32, which if you don't know, means that when he was on the court, there were 32 points mm-hmm. better than, than <laughs> Adelaide, you know, yeah. Adelaide that we thought are going to win the thing. Yep. So that's a very impressive effort, mm-hmm. and especially for a guy that felt the pressure, I think. Yep. Um, look, I, I don't think that he would have felt it from Tassie by any stretch no. of the imagination no. because, you know, those guys seem to be, um, you know, all in on, on everyone on the roster, as we yeah. saw last year with them. It's almost just a personal pride thing. Yeah, where, absolutely. Because he, he didn't play at all down the stretch 
or in overtime the previous week when mm-hmm. they got the job done against Brisbane. For sure. And then, you know, all the outside noise of, yeah. of him needing to be better for that yeah. team yeah. Um, does come into play, including us. We said <laughs> yeah, it too. Yeah, so, yeah. no, he, uh, he certainly um, shut us all up and, mm-hmm. and proved that he's, he's still just as good as he was last year. And yeah. um, hopefully he can continue that uh, going forward for them as well. Really like what the Cairns Taipans continue to do as well. They went into Sydney and beat the, the defending champion, Sydney Kings, as well. And yeah. did it without Tajir McCall. I'm fascinated to have a more in-depth conversation with Alex Loudon when we can mm-hmm. either this week or next week about this. Tough to say. He's their captain and he's their point guard, but in some ways they look like a better team without him out there. Yeah, and they've kind of got to share the load a bit when he's not out there. Yeah. So I think that contributes to their ball movement a bit. Yeah. Look, He's a heck of a player and he's proved that. And mm-hmm. um, I think you'd be hard to find anyone that disagrees with that. Mm. But yeah, look, they just, they just look like they move the ball better when he's, when he's not mm-hmm. out there. Uh, and, you know, that's something that they've got to figure out once he comes back. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they will. I'm yeah. sure 40 will, will get them, you know, clicking on all cylinders when he's back as well. Yeah. So yeah, look, definitely interesting, but that's a, that's a heck of a win for them over, over mm. the reigning champs. A couple of not-so-good things from the weekend. The Illawarra Hawks are, are really struggling right now. They're clearly missing that second playmaker mm-hmm. alongside Tyler Harvey. They've now confirmed that Peyton Siebler is the guy that will come in to, to be his replacement. And he's a great playmaker himself. He's a good scorer himself. So he's probably going to provide something similar mm-hmm. to what Justin Robinson would have provided. But is that going to fix all of the Hawks' problems right now? Yeah, look, it's, I think it's a, a good signing considering what they'd lost. Yep. Um, I think if you wanted a combo guard like that, yeah. he's probably as good as you can find. Absolutely. I just, I want, I just kind of wonder if their problems lie elsewhere. Yeah, look, there's, look, there is obviously problems elsewhere. And they've got, I mean, they've got two injury replacements on the roster right now. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's difficult. And you've got, I guess, you can put the ball in his hands more and have yeah. Tyler Harvey running off screens like we'd spoken about yeah. earlier. Yeah. Which I think would be good for him. And then so. other way around, you can have him, Peyton, coming off screens and all yeah. that sort of stuff because he can do he can the exact same job. Too, yeah. Absolutely. He can, uh, he's proven that he can put points on the board. Yeah. So, um, look, I think it's a good signing and that's probably who they were after with, with who they'd lost. Yeah. But, yeah, look, I think they just – they are struggling a bit. I think, mm. you know, guys like Sam Froling probably need to step up a little bit. Mm. And who's there that can actually help him in the front court? I, yeah. They just seem to be lacking depth in that area. A little bit, a little bit. There, yeah, like you said, there isn't, there isn't a whole lot there. Um, so look, look, they're going to have to try to figure things out because, um, yeah. They're, well, they're one and four already. You, well, you start to lose touch. Well, that's it. They're, they're starting to fall behind already, which mm-hmm. is not going into round four. Yeah, look, I think that good signing. But I, I do think that they need to address other aspects of their roster mm. if they really want to make a push for, for the playoffs. A couple of guys I'm interested in your thoughts on as well. And coming to this season, both the, the Phoenix and Melbourne United went, mm-hmm. for, went for power forward imports who I guess they were hoping might be able to spend a little bit of time as an undersized centre, but they were hoping they wouldn't have to. So Alan Williams at the Phoenix and Jordan Caroline at Melbourne United, both of them I struggle to have their coach actually find a role for them. So when they're playing the four spot, they're probably neither of them are mobile enough to go with some of the stretch fours like a like a McVeigh or a Zave even. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a Brady Manic at Perth. They yeah. probably aren't quite agile enough to go with them. But then if they're asked to play in the centre spot, they're not quite big enough yeah. to go against some of the, the bigger bodies 
bodies either. And I think now that Joe Chi's coming in at the Phoenix, that probably lessens the role for, for Williams. And he yeah. only played 15 minutes against New Zealand. And then at Melbourne, I mean, Dean Vickerman's shown that he's got much more faith in Dave Barlow than... And yep. Jordan Caroline right now, and that's a that's a concern given he'd mm. just come out of retirement. Yeah. They were probably hoping he was kind of the guy that you know, break the glass in case of emergency yep. type guy, but now he's playing big minutes and starting. And Jordan Caroline only 18 minutes against Perth, 16 minutes against Tasmania. If you've got guys to play that sort of a power forward role, undersized centre, can you afford to have that sort of guy as an import in the league right now? Yeah, look, they're more of that like traditional power forward, yeah. but a little bit little bit slower, but bigger, stronger type guys, mm. right? Mm. They are too too small to be centres yep. because there's some big units in the league now. Yeah. Um, but the other power forwards around the league now are really are more three-men mm. these days. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a three-man that is kind of thrust into that role because they're that bit taller. Yep. Zave, for example, yep. McVeigh for that example. Yep. And you've got to be able to run with those guys. They're the pick and pop, take you off the dribble type players yep. that your traditional power forwards probably struggle to guard a bit. So oh, that's to be honest, like you as well. And you would probably mm-hmm. love a matchup in a guy like against a guy like him. For sure, for sure. And that's where your eyes light up because you're like, all right, pick and pop. They're going to be slow to get out to you or if they're out on your toes when you catch it, you're able to get around them and get to the rim. Okay. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what both those teams do with, with those players because you know, especially as an import spot, mm. You can't be can't be giving these numbers. That's just how it is in this, yeah. especially in this league now. Mm. Um, locals different. If you're a local guy, oh, it's sure. obviously different. But as an import spot, you need to produce numbers. And you know, playing 15 and 18 and 16 minutes is, is not going to get it done. I feel like the Phoenix can probably carry Williams. And yep. and in fairness to him, I think he's actually shown patches where he can mm-hmm. have a real impact. Um, and they've got Joe Chi and Mitch Creek and Dane Pino there so they can All that. So help them yeah. out. But at Melbourne, I mean, now that they don't have Huck Porty and you don't want to be, you know, grinding mm-hmm. Humphreys into the ground because yeah. he, he might not hold up. And outside of that, their front court's very, very slim pickings. I mean, can, can Melbourne afford to carry much longer? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because they're kind of been one of those teams that's very up and down. Mm-hmm. You know, they come into Perth and, yeah. and beat Perth yeah. and then absolutely lay down in their next game, yeah. you know, just a couple of days later. Yeah. And, um, yeah, look, I'm, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because mm. he's either got to produce in this next round or I think, especially being Melbourne with, mm. with their standards, yeah. I think he will be soon on a plane if, if, uh, if he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, but I think the game they have against the Sydney Kings might tell, tell the tale of where his future lies. Um, before we get to our awards, and we'll hear from Matty Knight and we'll get those awards from Damien Martin and Scott Ninnis. The results from, from round three, Cody, and see if anything else might have jumped out that we missed. Started Thursday night. The result of this still looks like a shocker on paper just because <laughs> of the, the margin. Um, the Adelaide 36 is their first game of the season. The Tasmania Jack, Jack Jumpers went into Adelaide and thumped them 97-72. to 72. And then on Friday night, Cairns Taipans beat the Sydney Kings 83-78. to 78. And then... Melbourne United, they bounced back and beat the Perth Wildcats in Perth 84 to 81. Then on Saturday, Adelaide 36ers, their first win of the season, 90 to 80 over the Illawarra Hawks. And the New Zealand Breakers, they kept on winning their first win, Cody, in Australia since March. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to them. They beat the South East Melbourne Phoenix 85 to 77. And then as you touched on, Tasmania Jack Jumpers, they just locked down on Melbourne United yeah. and put the clamps on and they won 74 to 64. Sydney Kings just cruised to this win. Final margin probably doesn't tell 
just how dominant they were over the Brisbane Bullets, 102 to 85. And then Monday night, another spanking. New Zealand Breakers dominated the Aurora Hawks and yeah. they won 88 to 62. Um, anything jump out that we might not have touched on so far? <sighs> Look, there's not a whole lot. I think we've touched on most of the talking points around the league for this round, but... Look, Adelaide and, and Tassie in that first game, you know, we did say that if you're going to catch Adelaide, you want to catch them on this game. And, yeah. and Tassie did just that and jumped over them early and mm. kind of just quietened that massive crowd, yep. Um, yep. which is what they needed to do. And then, yeah, then Tassie going in and, and locking, locking Melbourne up. I mm. think they had a heck of a round and really, really stamped their authority and, and proved that um, they're going to be in the mix again this mm. year. Other than that, look, Sydney bouncing back and, and doing what they did to Brisbane, mm-hmm. that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Um, and then, yeah, look, seeing New Zealand being successful is, is, is amazing. I think, um, you know, we, we probably touched on all those points already, but I think that uh, having them as legit chance this year is, is mm-hmm. exciting to see and um, it'd be good to see them play more at home. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, all right, Cody, that's, I think that wraps up all those major talking points. So we'll get to our awards after this, and then when we come back, we'll have a chat about the salary spends from last season, Cody, and then we'll have a, have a look at round four in the NBL. Sounds good. Into our awards section here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle for another week, and let's start with our Galen Award for the best team man in the NBL, named in honour, of course, of the late great Galen Young. And thanks to our friends at Sports Card World last week. Thanks to Scott Ninnis, the Adelaide Thirty Sixers Hall of Famer and the only man involved with every Adelaide Thirty Sixers NBL championship as a player and a coach, put it out to our listeners. And he gave our listeners the option of either Xavier Cooks from the Sydney Kings or Jack McVeigh from the Tasmania Jack Jumpers as his as his options for, for this week. With one of our lucky listeners here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle to win a Panini Illusions Blaster Box Pack valued at eighty nine dollars. Thanks to our friends at Sports Card World, and we've put all of it all of our listeners that were lucky enough to vote through social media. So we put it out onto Facebook, Instagram and to Twitter, and everyone that voted and, and commented has now been put into the draw, and we're about to announce our lucky lucky winner. And here we go. It's an Adelaide local, so very nice for our friends there at Sports Card World, and the winner for this week is Cooper Darms, Cooper Duper 9 on Instagram. So congratulations, Cooper. We will get you your prize. You can either go into Sports Card World there in, in Adelaide and pick it up or we'll get it get it sent out to you. So thank you for voting. Thank you for taking part. And now this week, our Galen Award winner, the best team man in the NBL for round three, we've gone to the New Zealand Breakers and he might be a familiar name in our awards section here. Will McDowell-White um, from the New Zealand Breakers, the point guard, fantastic weekend, both against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and then the Illawarra Hawks. Two wins on the road for the Breakers. He did it while he was sick, and I have a feeling he might feature with Matty Knight later in our Player of the Year award as well. So I'll let Matty talk a bit more about his performance. So there we go. Will, Will McDowell-White, the winner of our Galen Award for round three. Now let's keep moving. So before we get to Matty Knight with the Player of the Year award, we've got the Damo Award, the best defensive player in the NBL as well. Damien Martin, the defensive legend, kept a close eye on the NBL action across the weekend, and he's gone in his Player, player of the Year defensively voting. He's gone one vote. 
also to the New Zealand Breakers. He went Isaiah Liafa. He's two votes. He went to a past winner of the Damien Martin Trophy at the Sydney Kings, Justin Simon. And then he's three votes, the big man. We talked to Cody about it, how great it is to see him blocking shots and not being deterred by what happened to him last week. Isaac Humphreys, the big man from Melbourne United, with the three votes in the Damo Award. Now, thanks to Hoop7, let's get to our Player of the Year votes with Matty Knight. Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, I'm joined by the Nightmare, the three-time NBL champion, Matty Knight, to go through our Player of the Year awards here on, on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle for another week. Before we get to that, Matty, how many screens like what Jesse Wagstaff set on Lockie Barker on the weekend do you think you you set during your 236-game career? Oh, there would have been quite a few, and uh, yeah. thankfully I wasn't signed. Otherwise, I probably would have only played half that amount of games. <laughs> I reckon uh, there's a few other bigs in the league, too. Imagine Andrew Vlahoff and mm, all those oh, guys. Yeah. They set a lot worse screens than we did. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting uh, decision. How surprised were you when it came back as a, a two-week suspension? And obviously, he, he can get it down to one if he takes the, the early plea. Yeah, no, very surprised, considering like, there, there was no foul call during the game. Yeah. Um, nothing really, I guess, really mentioned a little bit after. But, yeah, that happens nearly every game. And it happened at the other end when Humphreys collected Travers. It did. <laughs> it absolutely did. Very similar. And, and Travers ended up getting three stitches, I think, after that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward how the NBL adjudicate these terror screens. Mm. They're set the bar now. I don't know if you remember, the biggest hit I probably saw was BJ Anthony on poor old Drew Williamson. I don't know if you were playing in, in that game, but poor Drew, uh, poor Drew was on the wrong end of that one. Yeah, I was definitely playing that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the last guy you want to run mm. into on a terror screen, BJ Anthony. And he was a big, solid unit. Absolutely. All right, before we get to your votes, um, I'd love to stay in touch about your Tasmania Jack Jumpers and your thoughts. And how good is it to see them now back rolling and playing their trademark basketball from last year where they're, they're just so good defensively, they play with great hustle, they crash the boards, they make themselves tough tough to play against, and then they just do enough on the offensive end. Yeah, That's- no, they're back to playing trademark Jack Jumper mm. basketball. Obviously, there's always an adjustment period bringing in two more imports. Um, that's obviously going to take time, yeah. but... Obviously, they set the bar pretty high last year, but no, I think I think they've turned a corner now. The way they're playing, um, I think they're starting to get back to that style that got them all the way to the championship game last year. So, you'd be a bit nervous if you're coming up against the Jack Jumper team anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what they did to Adelaide last last week was was quite incredible. Just to blow them away with all the momentum Adelaide had, and to back it up and beat Melbourne, and, and now we'll see how they go against Perth on Saturday night. But before we get to that, Matty, let's get to your Player of the Year votes. Thanks to Hoops Heaven, I have a feeling that especially the Jack Jumpers and the and the Breakers deservedly might feature quite prominently. Let's start with your with your one vote. Break uh, point guard. I may get his name. Isaiah Liafa. Isaiah Liafa. He had a he had a great weekend, didn't he? He did. Uh, he really uh, orchestrated that breakers offense in the in the game against Southeast Melbourne. Yeah. I think eleven assists or something. Yeah, so. yeah. And then and then a brilliant defense on Tyler Harvey on Monday night. Exactly. He probably didn't score as much. or wasn't involved. But yeah, his defense. And sometimes that's what goes unnoticed. Is uh. Uh, Imports held to a, a pretty low score. No one really gets a credit, but he uh, he doesn't care about scoring, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's what New Zealand need running that show. And um, he's really stepping up. Yeah, no, absolutely great, great pickup. I think Damian Martin might have him featured in his Defensive Player of the Year award as well this week. So well spotted by by you both. What about your two votes? 
two votes, I'm going with uh, Justin Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, he was massive, Sydney. Um, obviously, Sydney didn't get off the start they wanted, but yeah, to go up there and uh, Bri- play a desperate Brisbane team, first home game of the year, uh, he really stepped up. And um, uh, if he can become a consistent scorer as well as his defence, um, they're going to be even harder to beat. Well, I mean, they, they, they knew what he would bring, you know, intensity-wise and effort-wise and defensive-wise, but, gee, to get 23 points out of him is a, is a massive bonus for the Kings, isn't it? Exactly. It takes the pressure off other guys if they're having a quiet shooting night, mm. like a, a DJ and that. So, yeah, if he can consistently swing that 15 to 20, um, yeah, that makes them even tougher. Mm. All right. What about your three votes? Uh, oh, veteran from New Zealand, Rob Lowe. Yeah, um, yeah great, great pickup. Once again, he was uh, fantastic against South East. Just in the right place at the right time. He looks like he's finally healthy. Um, I think having a full season back playing in the New Zealand League has really given him his confidence. And Yeah, he was massive for him against South East and uh, backed it up against Illawarra. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, It's amazing. There's been times in the past two seasons where Dan Shamir couldn't find any minutes for him. I mean, he's showing that he's, he's he's a really quality big in this league. Yeah, it looks like he's enjoying his basketball. Yeah. Um, you look at all those breakers, you look at them on the bench, and it's pretty hard not to be when you look at their coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he brings a lot of entertainment and excitement, and uh, I think they're feeding off him, and they're really bought into what he's trying to to bring to the breakers. So, yeah, they could uh, they could be the, the jack jumpers of last season. Yep. They continue. Yeah. Obviously, they get to play at home this year, and their defense is, uh, hasn't been talked about much, but they're playing some pretty high defense. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And their imports, well, they, they won two games without their leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Massive. So you bring him back into the fold. They've still got Abercrombie yeah. to come back in too. Yeah, exactly. So they're only going to get better and better and better. This is great to see them uh, back home. It looks like they're really enjoying basketball. Uh, for the last couple of years, it'd be pretty tough being mm. living in the hotel room. So, um, yeah, it's great to see uh, Rob Lowe really enjoying his basketball again. Definitely. We might, we might not be done with the breakers either in your award. What about the four votes? I'm going Josh Majet. Absolutely. Yeah, he was back to the Josh Majed of old uh, from last year. Yeah. He was massive in that Adelaide game. And I feel like he, he runs that show. So if he's up and about, Kaz is up and about, they'll follow him. So it's great to see him find uh, the touch he had last year. And I just hope he continues to play at that level because if he does, I have to be. And it takes the pressure off Doyle and Kelly having to score as much as well. So, um, you know, it's great to see. So... Yeah, we get another challenge this weekend against uh, the Wildcats. So, down in Tassie, I know those Tassie fans will be very excited about this game. I mean, we've talked a lot about the Tasmanian imports, and now, over the last two weeks in your award, all three of their imports have featured in your vote, so they're all they're all stepping up. Exactly, and that's what they need. Obviously, they've got a great local contingent, but you're not going to win with the locals. You need yeah. imports stepping up, and that's what they had last year, and I think that's what's going on now. The imports are in the system and um, yeah, they're starting to work out what, what role works best for them. So yeah, I feel like Tassie's starting to get their stride. Mm. Now your five votes, I have a feeling we might be going back to the breakers backcourt, are we? We are, yes. He's, uh, he had a great off season with the Boomers and that and Will McDowell-White, mm. um, he, he's just playing some fantastic basketball right now. In that high pick and roll they're running, he's getting the basket, clover, or he's finding his bigs. Yeah, for like, New Zealand to be successful, their backcourt has to really step up, and they did this weekend with uh, their leading scorer, Brown, out. Yeah. So uh, it's great to see Will playing some great basketball. 
And even more remarkable, he almost didn't play both of these games because he was so sick. He got even worse on Monday and couldn't get out of bed, but he pulled himself out to play in Wollongong, and that probably makes him even more deserving of your, your five votes. Oh, exactly. Like, there's nothing worse than sick than you've been asked to go out and play 40 minutes of basketball yeah. contact. So, nah, full credit to him. It shows you how much it means to these breakers, uh, how important it is to be that sick but still come out and play and lead your team to two wins. It's, it's massive. And um, I'm sure, they'll, even though they've got a pretty tough schedule coming up at home and then in Cairns, um, yeah, I'm sure they'll take a lot of confidence away from this weekend knowing Still got Barry Brown to come back in. Yeah, absolutely. No, really enjoyed your votes again, Maddie. I think you're right on the money and enjoyed your insights as well and look forward to doing, doing it all over again next week. Thanks, Pikey. Okay, back, I'm back here now with Cody on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. Thank you for for our friends for providing their award winners and votes for the, for this week. So Damo went with Humphrey Simon Liafa Cody for his best defensive award, and Maddie with his player of the year, Madell White, Majet Low Simon Liafa. He really liked what the Breakers did yeah. this weekend. Um, so. Can you pick many holes in in those votes? Uh, look, look, I think Maddie's probably. Smacked it right on the head there. I think New Zealand, just in general, they had so many guys that stepped up mm. over the weekend, so that doesn't surprise me. That's the fairly breaker-heavy yes. voting um, for this week. Mm. Really, the only one that probably stands out to me is for the defensive, and that's Ratan Mays and mm-hmm. what, what he yeah. did in, on Cotton in that second half. Yeah. I mean, Cotton came out and was unbelievable in the first, yeah. and then Ratan Mays just absolutely shut him down in that second, just was physical with him, pushed him off his line, um, and just, yeah, look, completely shut him down. Mm. So um, I think probably the first half was a bit of a, a bit of a shadow over that, which mm. is probably why he's, he's not in there. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. Um, no, I think uh, he's probably the only one that you could throw in there. But uh, it's hard to argue against uh, a bloke that's got his name on the defensive <laughs> trophy. Yes. So. I mean, just with Isaac Humphreys, how good is it to see a big guy actually trying to block shots? And we talked about it last week. We hoped that he wouldn't be deterred after yeah. getting dunked on and he just went Hasn't out there been. and tried to, to try to block everything that came near him. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, that's one of his strengths is, yeah. is, is that. So um, uh, I'm very happy to see what he's been doing. He's been, uh, he's been really good for them. Hmm. Now, before we get to our round four preview, Cody, another big talking point this week was the release through, through news, news Corp Media and out of Sydney that... The spending of the teams from, from last NBL season, and you know, <laughs> it, it's not quite as simple as it looks on paper, but I'll, no. I'll just go through the basic numbers and you tell me your, your first reaction and then we'll, we'll break it down a little bit and try and explain actually the reality. But So the teams that went over the soft cap last season, the Perth Wildcats did so by 400,000, the Tasmania Jackknuppers by 90,000, Melbourne United by 50,000, and then the teams under the soft cap, Cairns Taipans by 300,000, Brisbane Bullets by 265, the Adelaide 36ers by 140, the Sydney Kings by 135, the South East Melbourne Phoenix by 130, the Breakers by 125, and the Hawks by 80. What, what's, your, what's your first impressions of what you, what you saw when it all came out? Yeah, look, I think, um, I think Perth being 400 over, I think that's purely because Cotton hadn't got his citizenship yet. Mm. Um, you know, if he's a marquee player, then that all of a sudden they become you know, under the soft cap, I yeah. think. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm, I am surprised Tassie went over mm-hmm. just with the list they have. But I think that was probably very import-heavy um, mm. yeah. in those contracts. Yeah. So, 
Melbourne, I'm not su- not surprised. Cairns, yep, that makes sense. That I mean, they're one of those teams like Illawarra that mm. don't have yeah. that same budget that the, some of the bigger teams have. It's a big disadvantage, though, isn't it? Three hundred thousand. That's ways. a lot. That is a lot. Brisbane did well with with signing all the uh, all the extras you can. Yep. You know, the next star, Indigenous players, the Asian player, marquee. Yep. So it was a marquee. So all of a sudden, puts them right under. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm not overly surprised. I think, again, Sydney did that well as well um, mm-hmm. with the roster they had. Yep. You know, they uh, they spread it out, yep. um, especially having a guy like Cooks as your marquee. Mm. So, yeah, look, I'm not overly shocked with a whole lot. They can all, I think, be explained fairly well and yeah. um, be interesting to see what it is uh, for this year. Hmm. Yeah, let me try and explain it a little bit more to anyone that's you know not on top of it so yep. those are the numbers without taking just the pure salary cap numbers that you declare for the players you played that you don't get any bonuses for mm-hmm. or you can't deduct anything for or so what that means is that if you have a next star on your roster you don't pay for that player yep. that comes out of the nbl nbl cap so if you if you were um at the sydney kings makua maker or if you were usman jang at the breakers or mm-hmm. ariel hakpordia melbourne united you get those guys without having to pay them out of your, yep. sal- out of your salary cap. But it also includes an ability to sign an Indigenous player mm-hmm. without him counting towards your salary cap. So we saw a couple of teams you know, take that path. The Sydney Kings had Bowali Bales and Brisbane Bullets had Tamari Wigness. And then also you can sign a player from certain parts of Asia. Mm-hmm. So I... We saw a couple of Asian players in the in the league last year, and Joe Chi's back this year, obviously, and Big Lou with the Bullets, and also you can so- sign marquee local players. Yep. So you can't have an import as a as a marquee player, but somebody like a, a Nathan Sobey or a Xavier Cooks can be classified as a marquee player, which means that most of their salary doesn't count towards the salary cap. So yep. these numbers are not quite as simple as they as no, they, as they not seem. At all. Not at all. And look, there, yeah, there's lots that go into it. And mm. especially now with, with all those separate parts to it and, mm. you know, only certain amount uh, for, a, for a player goes towards the cap and some are from the NBL, you know, it, it makes it really messy mm. if you don't 100% understand it. Yep. So, yep. you know, it, it, it was interesting to see everyone's reactions to it mm. all. And, mm. um, again, I'm, I'm not sure that most people that have been talking about it um, really understand mm. the numbers and all that yeah. sort of stuff so yeah look I, I think it's I think it's good that the, the team's salaries are a knowledge mm. I, I don't think individuals salaries should no, be knowledge not. Um, not like the NBA yeah. because you know not everyone's on 120 million over a couple yeah. of years yeah. so look um, it doesn't bother me too much that, that the team's spend has, has been leaked and mm. Yeah, look, I think that's something that should be addressed, yep. for sure. The biggest reaction has come to the Wildcats being 400000 over, but like you touched on, suddenly if Bryce Cotton is a local and can be a marquee player, yeah. I mean, let's that, that, assume that he's on 600000 yeah. as a as a rough guess, but all of a sudden if 400000 of that doesn't count towards your salary cap, they're, yeah. they're not over the soft cap, and I, I assume they're on probably something similar um, this year. So if yeah. he suddenly... Gets his citizenship and and you know counts as a marquee. I think that changes dramatically. And then Absolutely. you've got the Sydney Kings, who I think the first line in the article was that he's proof that the Sydney Kings didn't buy a championship, and yeah. and of course they didn't, but they no. took advantage of the rules well. Because exactly. I'm sure Xavier Cooks is on a lot more than 170,000 yeah. that goes towards the salary cap. They didn't have to pay Makua Maker at all. They didn't have to pay um, Bowali Bales at all. So in fairness, that's probably gee, 
700,000 mm. being being, yep. being probably underestimating it a little bit that doesn't go towards their salary cap. And there's no. nothing wrong with that. I mean, those are the rules. But yeah, I mean, to say that the Wildcats tried to win a championship and the Kings didn't, I probably think it's a little bit misleading. Yeah, I think it is too. And look, all these rules have been put into place so that we can get the best players possible down here. Sure. And, you know, to give, even to give some of the lesser teams a bit more of an opportunity, yeah. which, I mean, look, it's, it is tough. Um, but yeah, look, the, really the only two anomalies there are the Perth with 400 over mm. and then Cairns with 300 under. I think that's kind of proof of, of where they are at financially, unfortunately, um, which makes it tough. But that's been Cairns for, geez, as long as I can remember. Yeah. So it does make it hard to compete when, when you don't have that same money. But all these different rules are in place now to, to try and, and help and alleviate that sort of stuff. Yeah. Last thing about it, the NBL doesn't want these numbers being made no. public and they're not happy that they became public. What are your thoughts on the fact that they did become public? Oh, look, I, and I think part of it is because people don't quite understand mm-hmm. everything that goes into it and what goes towards your cap, what doesn't go towards the cap, what the NBL's paid for. I think that's probably why they're frustrated that it's come out. Mm-hmm. But again, look, as, as someone who understands it, I like that it came out and it's, it's good to see some of the numbers and, again, not too many surprises from mine. So, um, yeah, I think it's more an understanding um, from Gen Pop that mm-hmm. is frustrating the NBL more than anything. And I think that was probably proven in the, in the reaction that, yeah. we, <laughs> that, yep. that we saw. All right, let's get back to some on-court business, Cody. Let's get to round four in the NBL and it starts Thursday night with a doubleheader New Zealand Breakers back home, mm-hmm. just their second home game of the season, yeah. and they host a South East Melbourne Phoenix team who will be out full strength. So they'll have Gary Brown back, yeah. and they've already got everybody else back in their roster. So they need a win because they're one and three, but as we've talked about, the Breakers are on a, on a three-game winning streak. Well, yeah, they need a win, but they've also put in half a squad back into their lineup. Yep. So it's, yep. it's going to be tough. And again, they're going to be probably take a couple games to click and gel with, with everyone again. Mm. So it's awesome to see that they've got their full contingent and mm-hmm. at their disposal. Um, but look, I think the way New Zealand's playing right now and I think being back in front of their home fans, I think they should get that one done. And you assume they get Barry Brown back as yeah. well. So they're pretty much at full strength aside from Abercrombie. Yep. Um, then second up on Thursday, this is fascinating again to see how Melbourne United respond. They're at home to a pretty fresh Cairns Taipans team who mm-hmm. you know haven't played since that win over Sydney last Friday. Yeah, so... Again, this is going to be a bit of a flip of the coin one because it depends which United team shows up. Um, they've got to be able to stop cans in their running game and I think that's going to be tough for them. Um, but, you know, they've, they've shown that they can lock teams up. Mm-hmm. So I think if they come in defensively minded, then I think they'll fare pretty well. Um, but cans are playing really well and you're right, they're going to be fresh and healthy. And Yeah. Uh, poor, let's go with... I think Melbourne get that one. Yeah, I think Melbourne get that one because of the way they laid down at the yeah. end of last last round. I think it's a tough one because the ramifications for Melbourne losing again are significant, but yeah. Cairns are playing so well they are at the same time. So well. Friday night, this is this is fascinating as well. So you've got the defending champion Sydney Kings against the team that wants to be in that position, the Adelaide 36ers. Yeah, and there's uh, certainly been plenty of hype around yes. this game and yes. none of it from the players. So... <laughs> Yeah, look. Do you like that? uh, Do you like owners being outspoken? Oh, look, it doesn't bother me too much. I know it bothers a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't bother me too much. I think it just shows how invested they are, which is is good. 
But yeah, look, it's uh, this is going to certainly be one of the heavyweight bouts of the season. So mm. look, I'm looking forward to it. I think Sydney's playing a lot better than Adelaide has showed so far. Yep. And being in Sydney, I think that uh, I think Sydney get it done. I just see them losing two home games in a row. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh, look, I mean. Once Adelaide starts to click, I think yeah. <laughs> they're going to be a force, like we've mentioned uh, multiple times, but uh, I think the Kings get this one done. Two games on Saturday. <laughs> Good luck picking this oh, one as gosh, well. Yeah. So you've got the South East Melbourne Phoenix, who've only played over in New Zealand on Thursday night, so a short turnaround to come back home against the winless Brisbane Bullets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can pick this <laughs> one, mate. It's, um, <laughs> that's a tough one because, look, if it was Phoenix's first game, you'd say mm. they get that. But because they're coming back from New Zealand, that's it's a tough one. Uh, when you've got so many guys that are coming back from long layoffs like the Phoenix do, yeah. is the second game in a back-to-back tougher for them? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's obviously tougher on your body because you've got to travel as well. Yeah. Um, second yeah. game in three days. And um, just your general wind. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you start the games okay, but... You know, takes you a bit to to get that second mm. win going. So, uh, tough one. Look, I think um, I think I'd have to go with Phoenix here. Um, yeah, look, it, it, it's hard to bet against them twice in one round. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll go with the Phoenix. And second up on Saturday night, an- another really good one. So the Tasmania Drake Jumpers back at home on their three game winning streak. Perth Wildcats. You know, they'll be fresh because they hadn't played since that loss to Melbourne United mm-hmm. the previous Friday night. But you'd assume without Tayshawn Thomas and Jesse Wagstaff. Mm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a big hit for them. Mm. Jeez, look, another tough one. And I've gone with all home teams so far, <laughs> so that's that's never a good sign. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, especially with Jesse out, having that on-court leader is, mm. is huge for the Cats, yep. I think. And he's been so good, just so consistent for them this year. You know, his numbers don't jump off the page at you, mm. but, you know, it's everything he does is, is massive for that yep. squad. So be interesting to see if he travels or not with the team, if mm. he's sitting on the bench or not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, uh, that's I think right now Tassie's rolling, um, but they've got to be able to manage Bryce. Mm. I think that's going to be the big thing because yep. uh, – after having that massive first half, you know, against Melbourne and then um, kind of, I guess, being shut down a little bit, mm. he, he's probably going to come out with a bit to prove. So, look, I think Tazzy get it done purely because of the outs for Perth. Yep. Two more games on Sunday. Yep. Another good one. This is going to be quite quite the round to end up seeing how it all unfolds. Cairns Taipans on, back on their home court against the New Zealand Breakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always tough going and playing in Cairns. Mm. It's, it's always a, a fun place to play because the fans are so passionate. Yep. And look, New Zealand are the road dogs right now. You yeah. know, they, yeah. they know how to play on the road. Yeah. I feel like this season they'll play better on the road than they do at home mm-hmm. purely because they know what to do on the road. Yeah. So um, I think New Zealand get that. Um, I think they've just got that little bit too much firepower and they're just clicking on all cylinders um, mm. a little bit better than what Cairns is doing right now. And Kansas playing really well. So, you know, again, that should be a wicked game to see. But I think New Zealand gets that done. Speaking of the, the road dogs, Sydney Kings, yeah. they continue to win on the road. Yes, it's do. now 15 in a row that they've won on, on the road dating back to last season. So they head back to Melbourne, the same place where they, they hammered Melbourne United up less than two weeks ago. And yeah. they were 38 points in front of them in the, in the first half. Yeah. 
I expect it to be a bit closer yes. this time around, but what do you expect? Yeah, it's not going to be a 40-point game again. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I, I expect Sydney to uh, to extend that record and, and win this one. But, like you said, it's, it's going to be a, a heck of a lot closer and I think it should be a really good game. Yeah. Monday night, I don't know if this will be the most aesthetically pleasing game of the round, but <laughs> boy, oh boy, would the, both of these teams desperately need a win. So the Illawarra Hawks, their only game of the round, and they would have had a week in between, and I don't think Peyton Siever is expected to be ready for this game, yeah, which okay. is unfortunate, but they play host to the Brisbane Bullets, who by this stage could still be winless. Yeah, and uh, look, both teams are so desperate for a win. I think um, Brisbane being the only winless team still, and... The Hawks with just in a slump. Yeah. I mean, just not not playing the way that I'm sure the coaching staff wants them to play, and I'm sure the playing group they're not playing the way they they want to be playing. So, two teams with something to prove, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but like you said, I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game of basketball, <laughs> but it's going to be scrappy and there's going to be a lot of fight. So, um, I'm going to oh god. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, purely because they're at home, I'm going to go to the Hawks. Yeah. Before we wrap it up, I want to get your thoughts. Monday night games in Wollongong, I mm-hmm. feel like the Hawks have really drawn the short straw. And yeah. They only had just over 2,000 people there this past Monday night against the Breakers. Th- that building, when there's 4,000 people in there, it's That's a hell of an atmosphere. Rocking. Um, I haven't been there when there's only 2,000 in there, yeah. but I assume it's not quite the same. I yeah, mean, no. Have they really drawn the short straw with these Monday night games? They have, they have. And, you know, Monday's is a tough one to, to play on, you know, for, for crowds because, I mean, start of the week, people aren't too concerned with basketball at that yeah. point of the week, yeah. you know. It's, so it, it, it's difficult. You don't get as many of the kids there. Look, whether it's the Hawks getting them because they're that smaller town and mm. it's probably easier to draw crowds in that smaller town because it's not yeah. a big trek into the city like it is in Perth or Sydney or Melbourne. Yeah. And um, Yeah, look. They have though. They've certainly drawn a short straw because, look, I've been on both ends of, of the Hawks crowds in absolutely rocking or, you know, like a library almost. Yeah. So it, it's it's almost like a different stadium. So uh, I, I think it's it's frustrating. You're right. They have they have drawn the, the short straw there. And it is what it is though. You know, you know I think that uh, you should be able to play to the same level regardless. Absolutely. It shouldn't affect, shouldn't affect the team, but I... Do feel like it affects yeah. the, the crowd numbers For sure. significantly, which is disappointing. But, gee, it's going to be a hell of a round, Cody. I'm looking forward to it. And really enjoyed this show. There's been a hell of a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, thank you to everyone who helped with our awards. And thank you to you, Cody, for your insights into breaking everything down. Yeah. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll wrap it up and leave you, Cody, with what you're most looking forward to out of this weekend. Oh, King Sixers game. That's going to be a, a heavyweight bout. And... I'm hoping it lives up to expectations because usually when this sort of stuff happens, it, uh, it's, it's fairly lopsided. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, teams go blow to blow in this one.